Daddy, will you still love me after you're dead? the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. It is episode 53, the 25th of July. I'm Brendan, and I'm joined this week by John Walker. Hello. Hello, John. Where's Alice? Alice is gone. She's not She's not on the podcast this week. But she's. She, what kind of co-host is she? She heard you were coming on, John, and she didn't want to come on. That's not very kind. Uh, that's not what happened, but it's just you and me. We can do it. We don't what? need her. We don't need anyone. Um, it could just, it, some week it might just be you or me. That'd be good. Just monologuing. Just going on a kind of Gaddafi-like rant. <laughs> for, for like a three-hour-long podcast. This is what I was born for. Um, what are we talking about this week? This week we're gone. Oh, I thought you were priming no, me to say something. I, I I was, and then I and then I thought, oh no, he might not get that I'm priming him. So maybe I should. Just I'm a go professional, for it. man. What are we talking about this week, John? Uh, about farts. You see, you oh. led me to believe you were a professional. <laughs> we're talking about our dream games, as in, what is the game that we wish existed but so far does not. Sweet. And if there's any developers listening, and I assume there are, they should definitely listen because they're guaranteed to sell at least one copy if they make our game. I mean, with business news like that, yeah. how could you ignore the electronic wireless show's uh, examples of dream games? Yeah. Before we started recording, you said you've got a head full of these. So I'm going to ask you, what's the one that bubbles to the surface? The number one game is this elusive, non-existent uh, survival sim that I've wanted all my life. That no one has ever quite made. Everyone sort of skirts around the edge of it, but no one ever quite makes it. And it's a survival game that's about feeling safe. That's what I want. Does that make sense? What What do you mean? Like, safe? Like... I want to be able to do okay, to not constantly be on the brink of death. I want to feel like I've rocked up on this deserted island and there's enough stuff about for me to be okay, but not quite enough to be easily, you know, satisfied. Does that make sense? So there's enough food and drink about, or it's easy enough to make sure there is. But there's not enough to be like having a good time. So I've got to figure out how to have a nice time and also how to feel safe. I want to have a nice safe bed that I can just snuggle in. So you want you want a kind of castaway experience. 
Do you know, I've never seen Castaway. You should. It's the it's the best FedEx advert I've ever seen. <laughs> it's got a volleyball called Wilson in it. I know that much, and I believe it's played by the same person who is Wilson in Home Improvement. <laughs> it is, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it was a very challenging role. You just had to be silent for the whole time. <laughs> um, um, it, you should watch that movie. It's not at all like the game that you're describing. <laughs> <laughs> I see now, and. I'm going to immediately change subjects and go off into the other game that I want, which is... No, to... we, you can't just do that. We're still exploring your weird game okay. that just sounds like Subnautica. Don't let me... Make sure to remind me at the end, to remind me of Robert Redford at the end of this. <laughs> Why? Because I can't tell you now. You won't let me. Okay, okay. So I, I like the idea of Survivor where it's not desperate all the time so I, I i love survival games i love the long dark even though i die incessantly in that game because it's so ridiculously hard and i love the super simple ones like salt and raft where it's fairly simple to survive but none of them gives me the sense of safety i want to feel like i'm building a home in a safe place and yes maybe there's some 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 sharks in the sea and maybe every now and then a jaguar crawls into camp or something. But I have the nouse and equipment to to cope with that. And I just it's a game about doing okay. And then a bit and so the challenge obviously for the developer who's going to make this for me is that it's then got to have enough interesting stuff going on. So if you're not constantly being held back from accessing the game by its incessant peril, which is a good trick if you haven't got much game then you have to have lots of stuff to do. So I want to explore the island. I want there to be really interesting places to find. I want to stumble upon a beautiful waterfall. But then, behind the waterfall, there's a cave. (gasps) And inside the cave, there is a clue. (gasps) I know. I want that sort of stuff just to have a lovely time. (laughs) That's what I want from this game, is a lovely time. See, so what what has happened, really, is that you've been given a load of games and that are like survival games and they're all Lord of the Flies but what you want is like a coral island type nice adventure for boys I kind of do a sort of Robinson Crusoe without the hateful racism <laughs> maybe that sort of just a and it does this does naturally segue onto my other desire which is have you ever seen All is Lost mm, nope what's that it is an amazing film it stars Robert Redford at the age of about 906 um, he's the only person in the whole film, and it's him on a yacht, a small yacht in the sea, in a terrible storm, and then everything goes wrong. Oh, we've yeah, yeah, we've spoken about this before, I think. Oh, cool. So that that's the other game I want to play. I want to play the All Is Lost game, where I'm in a, a confined location, and I've constantly got to innovate and be smart. I I thought before I wanted it to be a game of the Martian. Um. But then games of the Martian have sort of come to exist and I realise, oh no, it's just hard work. <laughs> I don't want... That's <laughs> just too much. But I like the idea of, say, you're in a, a, a confined location with a limited number of tools and stuff's going wrong all the time. And not a management game. It's not about, you know, this meter sticking down and then this one. But just a series of exciting events and you've got to use your wits and your nouse to solve how to survive each bit of it. That sounds nice. It does. Like a kind of, does it matter where the setting is? Do you have to be on a yacht? Oh, could no, you be no, no. like it, in it, space or could you be... A hundred percent in space or in a submarine or... Yeah, absolutely. Just any confined space surrounded by a large body of something you can't breathe in. That's right. That's all I want from games. It's just that. 
I'm trying to think of what other setting that could be. I don't know. A, a volcano, just lava level, sewer level. I suppose in a weird way, uh, locked room games are this, aren't they? Um, the problem is they seem to just be confined to mobile. Yeah, but also locked room games are essentially just yeah finding a thing and then using the thing to find other things to yeah, get it's the ultimate they're very... thing. Very sort of linear and yeah, it'd be quite interesting for someone to take the the, the ideas behind a locked room game and apply them to something with events. So yeah, just throw in some more characters and make a bottle episode in a game. Bottle episode games would be amazing, and I think people are a bit afraid of of uh, linearity and of scripted events nowadays. And I think that's okay; they're good still. You're allowed to do them. I think that's fine. Especially, I think I we are in a pretty in a pretty pickle at the moment with AAA not feeling like it can. Like everything has to be, um, what do you call it? A games as what's the thingy? Service. <laughs> games as what's that annoying, boring word they use all the time? Oh, it's just awful. What about games as games? But I think the indie world can still deliver the perfect six-hour experiential game. Not everything needs to be an open world. So we've got. Castaway game. Yep. N- nice, pleasant castaway game that doesn't uh, force you to drink too much water. And you don't go mad. And you don't go crazy. Um, and then. Maybe you befriend a parrot in the game. Yeah, maybe the parrot lives behind the waterfall next to the clue. <gasps> maybe the parrot yes. is the clue. The parrot has been trained, yes. Yes, he's been trained by who? the previous inhabitant of the, of the island to repeat the same clue to you over and over again. But for some reason, it's really abstract because the person who lived there before was a bit of a prick. Yeah, and parrots can only have a limited vocabulary, so that's true. Um, so that game, mm-hmm. which is getting more specific as we go on, <laughs> the parrot game, yeah, parrot parrot castaway game, uh, and uh, stuck in a large body of a thing you can't breathe game, forced to make tough decisions or yeah, in forced, oh, yeah. forced to to survive i don't know no i like where you're iterating this there we now we've got some tough decisions too maybe there's another person in there and only one of you can survive and you have to choose see this sounds like the other thing that i last time you brought up this robert redford film i brought up a film called hell in the pacific and this sounds like the game you're making now we could make a hell in the pacific game it's a film about an american pilot and a japanese pilot being shot down and having to inhabit the same island in the in the pacific ocean did I say last time that's the beginning of Kong Skull Island as well? I feel like we must just be accidentally repeating an old conversation. I feel like we're just going through this new <laughs> podcast again. Well, eventually we have to leap. Um, so we've got these two. Is there any more? Well, probably, but it's your turn. You have to have a dream. When you suggested this, I feel like all my dreams evaporated. Um, <laughs> so sad. I don't know. I don't know. Uh... I like the idea of, I think Warren Spector has talked about it before, about there being a one-city block game. It's like years and years ago he said this thing. I think Jim, who founded the website with you guys, also really liked this idea of having a game where it's all set in one place, a very, very small, like confined, like one-city block, and you're just figuring things out there, and it's really detailed. You can, because it's a, such a confined space, every room or every place is available or open to you. The people who live there are all 
real they're all characters they're given detailed schedules or lives or whatever and uh whatever happens or whatever the kind of other features the things that you do in the game are almost secondary to having a a good place to be in that sounds really good um yeah which is weird because like deusect 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 was the recent one mankind divided i think so it was almost that in that it had the it had the confined space you you still had to get like there were loading screens going between different um I don't know why loading loading screens ruin ruin this for me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it had trains that you had to get on different parts. But you know they were you could almost ignore them and just enjoy. Like Prague was quite a nice confined little city. A lot of the places you could go in almost in so many apartments. Not almost every apartment, but in a lot of apartments, it was kind of it wasn't you could get through every door, but you could you could get through a lot. It's just a pity that the people who lived there weren't that interesting, and the the person you were weren't that wasn't that interesting. But like, yeah, something like that, and that, and that kind of flavor. See, so my my dream game is is too hazy, really. I don't know. No, it's good. I like it. It sounds yeah, but it involves a very different attitude to creation. So I think Deus Ex was trying to be too much. I've not actually played the most recent one, um, but it was. The whole se- the whole uh, Latter Square series seems to be far too much about the 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 larger events going on, trying to tell you this giant allegory, rather than giving you interesting characters. Yeah, I mean, like there are some interesting things, but a lot of it is uh, very dry. And I don't know if you heard this, but apparently racism is bad. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have heard that. <laughs> I think when that when and I think that's maybe the problem is that that's as. They kind of wanted to spread that message. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, we're with you, but what else do you have to say? Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, if they didn't get bogged down in kind of big questions and just focused on human people, yes, it, it would be um, the one city block game would be excellent. So games like that. I really like games with cities, like little cities that you get to explore. My dream video game would be set in a, in a city. And it would have distinct environments and almost everybody would be important or significant. It wouldn't need to be a big city, but it would need to be like really detailed. I think detail is what I really respect in a game like that. Now, what's that game? Is it Shenmue? Is that how it's pronounced? I've never heard it out loud. I always thought it was just Shenmue. Shenmue. Is that, does that do that? I've tried to play one of them on the Dreamcast, and it was so unbearably boring, I never got anywhere. But that <laughs> seems ne- to be set in the city. I never played them. I never played them. Uh, I know people love them. I, I'm willing to bet quite a lot of money that 3 will never get released. You That's think That's my so? prediction. That's my absolute prediction. I'm going to be so... I'm going to be the king of video games when that prediction comes true. It was kickstarted 150 million years ago for far too little money. Speaking of dream games that got kickstarted... Yeah. Do you think Star Citizen is anyone's dream game? Well, yes, clearly. <laughs> David Braben's? Um, that's... But David Braben already made his game. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's not mine, certainly. Clearly people are willing to give it an awful lot of money. Yeah, I think this is the problem when we talk about dream games. that we. I mean, so far our dream games have had quite focused... They're not too outrageous. I think a lot of people 
if they're asked what their dream game is, start adding things to it and make a massive game that you can do absolutely anything in. Like, yeah. Star Citizen's whole spiel is that, yeah, you can get in a ship and go and land on a planet and then you get out on the planet and then you go and have a first-person shooter fight on that planet and then you go and you do RPG stuff and you talk to people on that planet and then you get up and you go back to your mothership and you have a fight in space and there's all just so much, which is so much just... You don't need it all to be... Have they never heard the legend of No Man's Sky? <laughs> no Man's Sky got a recent update. I've been playing it this morning. Have you? How is that dream game working out? You liked No Man's Sky, though, didn't I, you? I had this very peculiar relationship with No Man's Sky, where I loved it and hated it in equal measure. Um, I, had, I didn't ever desire it to be something that it wasn't going to ever be able to be so i had this sort of fortune of not having invested myself in the promises that had been made so when it came out i just played what it was and i i I really enjoyed it for that um but i got very frustrated with with how limited it was um it's very strange going back to it having not really been back properly since all the big changes it's a very muddled game now goodness gracious there's so many stupid menus and extra clicks like opening a box you used to just press e now you have to do three different things to get the th- the object out of the box it's like that sort of ridiculous muddle of uh, menus and 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 stuff seems very silly and now there's machines you have to purify elements you can't just build things out you can't just pick stuff up and build stuff now you have to run elements through a boring machine while a nothing but a countdown clock ticks down and then it oh what on earth are they doing all that for ridiculous that's so odd like the thing that i i didn't play much of it but the thing i got annoyed about the the most was how almost grindy and uninteresting it was just collecting materials everywhere so now I am very I am susceptible to such grinds and I ended up becoming obsessed with getting the maximum tier spaceship that was available at the start and I did just at the moment I got that spaceship and I I just I was thought I'm not going to do it I I I'm not going to have this silly arbitrary goal and then just stop playing the moment I get it and then the moment I got the 40 slot spaceship I never played 45 whatever it was I never stopped playing I never played it again I just had this silly arbitrary goal that I ground my way toward and then once I got it something was like Tick, you can. You're finally free to move on from this. From this now, I almost feel like that's healthy. That's a healthy thing to do. It probably <laughs> is. I'm yes. I'm very. Like that. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not. I didn't carry on playing. Perhaps after that, I wanted to find my way to the end of the storyline, such as it was. But I, then that I discovered was a massive anticlimax too. Didn't, but it's, you, didn't you get to the center of the galaxy or the universe? I, I did. I did get there, and yeah. It was a big, it's a big fart noise at the centre of the universe. <laughs> that was a little, yes, that wasn't good. Yeah, but I'm, so I'm interested. It's all new and all different now. So it's quite interesting to go back to it. But I am, I'm really blown away by how fiddly it is. It feels like it's that perennial issue of, of a game, traditionally it's early access games, but in this case, it's sort of a game that was forced into its own form of early access by lunatic mobs. But it, um, it's that thing where a game forgets that new players haven't been through the last couple of years of development torture with them. And so now when you start the game, you start on a planet and it starts ba- shouting all these instructions at you and it's all very well. But then the the systems don't, aren't balanced because it's all random. And so I started two fresh games this morning and both times just had Sentinels turn on me and murder me straight away. Yeah. And I can imagine, I know why that's happening, but uh, there's no explanation of to, as why it's happening or what Sentinels are 
or any of that. And I can imagine a new player gets out, starts the game and is immediately killed before they've taken three steps. It's going to go, oh, no, I don't want to play this and then it'll be done. Sounds a bit crap too. Um, what else has changed about it? Um, I haven't got far enough really to get to... The flight controls are just oh, just horrible now. Um, they've changed. They're really they were horrible before, John. They were horrible before, though. They're even more horrible now. So clumsy and frustrating. Um, they've changed all the elements. It's really weird. The red spiky things are no longer titanium. They're now some sort of refined carbon. Are they still the same on every planet? Not titanium. What did I mean? There was a, They were a radioactive thing. I've forgotten what it was. But yeah, uh, yeah, they're, they're still the same on every planet. And yet you can still scan each one individually, yes. But they've changed everything, so it's 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 no all the Mediapians are gone, and it's now much more Earth-bound periodic table, oh, you know, our galaxy-bound periodic table stuff, and it's um yeah, it's really so that's confusing. So I've got to relearn every system and and how everything's made and how you build stuff and construct stuff has changed, and oh, it's just so clumsy in terms of you have to press E on some bits, but X on others, and left click on other bits to do the same thing, but on different menus. And it's just oh goodness me! It needs a fresh pair of eyes to come in and say no, naughty hello, do it properly. Um, it's just it's just that ho- I feel so bad for them, but it, it's just got it just reeks of a game that the same eyes have just been looking at for too long, and they've stopped being able to see what's in front of them. Maybe they should just start making a sequel. I just, I, I give them, I know that there are, an, I know that they receive death threats over the lack of butterflies in the game. I know how awful their lives have been as a result of the stupidest denizens of the internet. But I, as the king of the internet, give them permission to move on. You can stop making it now. It's okay. It's time to make a new game. Except you're not allowed to make any of that rubbish bike game anymore. That wasn't rubbish. Far too hard. Ridiculous. <laughs> that wasn't rubbish. Joe Danger was good. I didn't like Joe. Joe Danger was just about ramping the difficulty far too quickly. Joe Danger is my dream game. Let's argue about Joe Danger for the whole episode. <laughs> a very little, a very little energy to argue. That I don't really care that much. I just thought, oh, this seems a bit. It's a bit like Trials, but too hard. What Trials is really hard. I know Trials is too hard too. Okay. I've got another dream game idea though. If you want one. Oh, go on. So the other thing I love in games, well, I'd say another thing, I do have more, is um, I like what I call the bleeding edges. I got a series on RPS called The Bleeding Edges that I occasionally write, which is about games that blur the boundary between reality and the game. So you can't ever quite tell what's fiction and what's real. Um, a good example of the original example I encountered of this was in Memento. Um, no, in memoriam, sorry. Uh, a game published by Ubisoft back in uh, 2002, I think. And then more recently, um, The Black Watchman is really good for that sort of thing. But the problem with all of these games is they get too embroiled on the whole ARG thing. So what they do is they say, here is a, a, a scenario. There is a, a hospital that is maybe up to some bad stuff and you are our agent and you need to go research it. So they give you a bunch of information and then you go off into Google and you put the information into Google and you start getting back results. And some of the results will be fake websites that the games have planted and others are real. And you never really, when it's done well, you can never quite work out what's real and what's not. And then you start trying to put this information together and solving these mysteries. And I love this sort of thing, but they always get too bogged down in the whole ARG side of things, the whole and the whole um, solved live by a group of incredibly clever 
and over-enthusiastic people. With lots of time. With astonishing amounts of spare time, and um, they all get together on a forum and they have an amazing time, and I have just nothing but envy for them. But then they kind of did it, and then you sort of walk up a bit later and you just find... It's like, fi- it's like finding a puzzle book that someone's filled in all the puzzles already. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, and so actually Black Watchmen is, importantly, does have a single-player game that you can play independently of this. But the problem is they always just get too much. Like, the code cracking, suddenly you now have to be an expert. You have to have a deep understanding of internet coding and be able to look inside the code that makes a JPEG and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I just, there's a point where I'm just done and I go, Neh. I'm not, I just, I don't want to be smart, I just want to feel smart. That's, that's <laughs> what I want. And so my, I think my dream one of these types of games is one that just focuses on making you feel smart. So it's, it always leads you the right direction, but stumbling upon the right answer still feels great. So when you go, you know, oh, I need to look at the periodic table and then, oh my goodness, there's this video... Um, on YouTube, that gives me a hint to go look at this place, and and when you start following breadcrumbs, but there are enough breadcrumbs, but you still, you know, you still feel great when you've managed to follow them. So this third dream game of yours so far is just ARG with no other people making you feel dumb. That's right. It's I'm I'm being very in specific. I realise, but just a lovely big exciting um, conspiratorial mystery to investigate. Um, get rid of people need to not stop doing all the woo stuff about it too because right? you know that just breaks the the magic conspiracy is fun but when it's like, like oh and there's an alien and uh, no, no, there isn't an alien there is there so that, that's rubbish but when uh, black watchman does really well because it's about these corrupt doctors working in a hospital at first and and you start realizing you're looking at real hospitals and real studies that have actually been done and then they start to f- just fictionalize them slightly so they have a doctor who worked based on that study that's a real one. And you, know, you start really blurring and learning loads of stuff. They did another spin-off called, I don't know how to say it out loud. It was like Anora or something like that. The dream, the dream something doodah. Let me find it so I can say Anora. it properly. Anora. And that was fantastic because um, it taught me all about uh, New Orleans and the um, background, the history of New Orleans and how the... Um, did various integrating cultures developed there and I just learned so much from playing that game and just trying to solve the mysteries and obviously it sort of dabbles in voodoo stuff um anaro a h n a y r o top tip for developers don't make your game name impossible to say and spell <laughs> this is not good for being found um yeah, that's Alison Smith, the developers who make those. And they're doing 19.4, which is their next one, which is um, in development. Um, a military hacking simulation that explores the world of cyber warfare and features realistic mission scenarios. See, and I'm like, oh, uh, uh, but I don't want it to be that realistic because I don't want to have to learn how to be a military hacker. I want to just pretend to be one. I've, but- seen, that, I've seen that game posted through our box and I've always thought, oh, I could get on that. I love these little hacking games. Yeah, and then when I read the ARG stuff, I suddenly lose interest. <laughs> I know it's so exactly. It's the I just want the ARG bits peeled away, and it just to be this very private, intimate um, puzzle to solve. 
Have I ever talked about the stone on the podcast before? I know I've talked about it on RPS before. The stone. The stone. Which stone is just like a stone in your in your hallway? It was a puzzle game on the internet when the internet was still relatively young. It's not like a pet stone. Like one of those pet rocks. It was not. It's um, a pity. I would have loved to hear about your pet rock. <laughs> my pet rock, the game, is my dream game. That's that's the reality. It was a uh, a website, a puzzle game, and it was created by <laughs> it was created co-created by a guy called Rod Bruinouge, who is now a Canadian Conservative politician, weirdly. And I interviewed him for Rock Paper Shotgun a while back, and it was a series of two hundred and sixteen puzzles. And each puzzle was this incredibly esoteric and peculiar thing you would have. Um, one of them I remember specifically was a picture of a fish tank. And it had all these coral shapes inside it. And, and all these clues hidden everywhere. And you put little mouse, a tiny little mouse over clues on pixels and there would be stuff hidden in the alt text. And then they just you'd look at the images and you'd start to find all these different ideas. And you start, so once you realise a word that's written on some of the coral or you start to think oh hang on that reminds me of this you start throwing those words into google and um it uh and then and so in this particular case it led me toward discovering something called the coral castle which is this wonderful thing that everyone should google um a very very sad story of a crazy man who built a coral castle um impossibly seemingly impossibly he built it in private it uses multi-ton blocks of coral well, it's actually, it's false coral, but anyway. And, and he did this somehow without anyone ever seeing how he did it. And he claimed he did it using the Egyptian secrets of leverage. <laughs> it possibly isn't true. But the, his achievement is phenomenal. He built this entire castle, a three-story building, a whole scenario. Um, and all these astro- astronomically aligned build uh, features... And it had a two-ton gate that pivots so perfectly you could open it with a finger. Um, and it's real. It's there. It's in Florida. I've always wanted to go see it. Um, and, th- and then it's also got... He- it's because he f- allegedly he fell in love with a 16-year-old girl who didn't have any interest in him whatsoever. Oh. And so he went off and built this castle for their, their relationship and even built like a cradle for their baby. And oh, oh. I know. It's so gross. But that was I learned all about that playing with the stone. And the other one, I, the other great example from the stone was it was just a, a word search. You're like, this is strange. You don't just have word searches. It's never the puzzle's never that simple. So you start solving the word search and sticking the words into Google. It's was like government, terrorist, bomb. Oh no, you're going to be put on a watch list if you play this. White game. House, exactly. And that was the answer. That's how you solve that. You solve the puzzle by going. I don't want to search these words together. And then you ask yourself the question, why? Why don't I want to search those words together? Uh, you know, what is looking for such words? And then you, so you start investigating, you know, how does, how do search terms, how can they trigger, you know, this? And then you start discovering about dictionary and echelon. And the answer to the puzzle, I think, was, was dictionary. But in the background of the word search were these things that look like golf balls. And you discover about echelon, the US space in UK soil that is a gi- giant golf ball satellites. Oh yeah, down in Bude. And they Bude? yeah, and they have the um computer software their dictionary that is what scans all of our internet activity. And um so yeah, and they're, they're, and we're all quite happily just having all of our search terms and emails read by this computer as we email each other, no one knows nor cares this is going on. Um yeah. 
but that was and so yeah stuff like that the stone was amazing for that so i want that back i want that but as a with a narrative that's what i want okay cool dream game number 47 <laughs> it's the stone but not the stone i knew the stone but with a narrative yeah um we should get sam barlow to do that he's into stuff like that we should when was it released let's find out it was developed in 19 oh the oh, see 2004 it was actually it was a f- oh i'm getting so confused 99 there we go 1999 it was released so this was pre everything on the internet so i remember solving it my friend david coming over to our house and we would go through my dad's um uh oh my goodness my brain's just stopped what's the word for <laughs> what's the word for really big dictionary encyclopedia <laughs> really big dictionary <laughs> <laughs> my dad had like this 13 volume set of encyclopedias and we were going through those looking stuff up to solve these puzzles because there wasn't a wikipedia at the time should i tell you about one of my dream games please do stop me from talking <laughs> Um, one of my dream games is essentially, uh, I guess you could call it a walking simulator, but it's not. It's more like a walking and talking simulator. So my dream game is is Skyrim, the map as big as Skyrim and a world as like finely detailed and interesting as Sky, like interesting to look at as Skyrim, or any other equivalent like ne- like half nature half human built place during any whatever time period but without any of the fighting or magic and you just walk around from time to time in a kind of free form way just chatting to people and learning interesting things about the world but it's an actually interesting world it's not skyrim <laughs> yeah i was going to say um so you know instead of like a boring lore dump you'll get an interesting, like, human teal in some story that will also teach you about whatever it is that world's rules or society is like, you know. I basically want, like, a little bit of Earth, but where you don't feel bad about walking around and going up to someone and saying, tell me about your life. So you always want to make the the daftness of the RPG where everyone's willing to share their private lives with you to be the core of the game? Yeah. That is daft now that you mention it. Have you ever played Pathologic? Uh, I have played Pathologic. <laughs> what do, I mean, in the most crazy broken way, that sounds like what you're describing. A city I mean, you can walk around and just chat to everyone. Yeah, except the Pathologic is very difficult to understand. Yes. Or it's just... Pathologic is good in it in its way. Um, nothing against Pathologic. <laughs> Uh, but it is completely it's a game that's obscure for it like purposefully makes itself obscure and and difficult to parse and i have a kind of uh with games like that i can i can in, like sometimes i just feel like they're doing it too much i really don't like kentucky route zero for instance all oh, right really interesting mm. i was very surprised when rps gave it their game of the year there are you uh, distancing yourself well i was i was it's there whenever you guys give it i wasn't working there that's true it's oh my goodness i was fully behind that choice i adore that game but yeah it has the same thing as pathologic where the it's mysterious because it's hard to understand it's hard okay. to understand what's going on it's hard to understand things don't seem to follow any rules or 
anything like that. There's no... It's like Twin Peaks. I was just know, about to ask you, where do you fall on Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks, I think, is hilarious yep. to watch. Um, I think it's just... But I think it's hilarious to watch because of the bad, the bad acting and the, that it makes no sense. It makes it funny. Okay. But I don't think there is any real deeper meaning to any of it. I think it is nonsense. I, um, I, I mean, I, I don't... I, 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 I'm not certainly on Alex's scale of, of um, adoration for it. But and I found the the recent series I I found some of it wonderful, but other bits deeply frustrating and 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 repetitive and dull. But I disagree. I think I disagree with you. However, I am st- I'm struggling to believe that Lynch. He he, he always maintains that he knows what it means and just isn't willing to no, share. He doesn't. No, but he yeah, doesn't. I'm. St- but then I'm. You know, have you? I, what do you think of f- films like Lost Highway and? Um, Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. I, I, don't, I, I haven't seen Lost Highway, but okay. um, I feel like Twin Peaks, for me, Twin Peaks is lost, done by someone who is arty. <laughs> it, it is just a thing that nobody knows what's going on. It doesn't really have a plan or plot or anything like that. It's kind of just done on the hoof. It doesn't make sense. And so now with people lo- so, read so- into it. People read into it. Uh, a whole lot of stuff and that that can be fun in itself interpreting yeah. something is is quite like joyful and interesting and you can come up with all these theories about it and if you're that kind of person then you're gonna love something like pathologic um but i need a little i'm not that kind of person i need a little bit of more i need something more sensible than that um not always but but with with pathologic yeah i want to argue one point on the twin peaks thing with say lost it turns out that they just didn't know and that's that's terrible when you're writing a big mystery drama and then they eventually realize, oh, we just didn't know. We thought we'd figure it out later. That's not OK. But with Lynch, it doesn't matter what it means. And that's I think that's more important. It's more it's much more. I always describe them about like getting to watch someone else's dream. It's about just the emotional experience of the journey rather than the interpretation and the fathoming of what it means. See, This is the thing as well. If it's like watching somebody else's dream. For you, it's like being told about somebody else's dream for me. Uh, see, I, <laughs> I can see that distinction. That's a good distinction. Um, we've gone a little off topic anyway. Yeah, so n- are either of our dreams a kind of Lynchian experience? <laughs> are either of our dream games, like in commas, dream games? I don't think so. I think the, so I think, I, I think that would be frustrating. I think when you're watching someone else's creation, it's a sort of voyeuristic, almost voyeuristic. But when you're playing... You, it's the tangibility makes something that obscure and esoteric, I think, frustrating, but much more frustrating to experience. You want to have, when you play, you want to have some control, I think. Um, so, yeah, not pathologic then. I want to walk around a sensible world. A sensible city, please. <laughs> what a sensible world with people say sensible things to me. Hey, Brendan, if that's what you want, why don't you just go outside? Yeah, this is what I mean when it's just basically I want a little slice of planet Earth where I'm not embarrassed to ask people about their, like, what's happening with the drama with their, you know, inner circle. (laughs) I don't know. It's almost like a Bioware game, but without the combat as well, then. So you can just go up and have a couple of strangers in in a bar start telling you about their infertility issues. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I say it shouldn't have combat, but I wouldn't be averse to combat happening like three times throughout the course of the entire game <laughs> you've got a three battle budget <laughs> but like but like you know the way i've always i haven't played many pen and paper rpgs but the ones i've played there's all there's usually only like one big moment of 
uh, combat during any session, if that. Yeah. yeah. And the rest of the session is just about setting it up and building that and building character and talking about things or making decisions about what to say or what to look at or whatever. The combat is, they're set pieces and they're very, even in a film, like a, a moment of action in a film, in a drama, it, they're used very limit, limitedly. Limitedly? <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's go with limitedly. You know, they're used sparingly. In video games, they're they're used just so much unlimitedly you can't you can't you can't walk unlimitedly you yeah. can't walk like 20 meters in skyrim without being battered around the head by an orc who just doesn't like your shoes like i agree completely i was just i was just trying to show toby some no man's sky this morning and he, he i was like i wanted to show him the crazy creatures and the pretty planets and he got to watch sentinels attacking me and then um, some big beast and some sentinels fighting me, and then I was dead, and they got to watch my character die. And that always opens up awkward conversations. And Yeah, that was no fun. Thanks. Thanks, No Man's Sky. Just wanted to play and have some fun. Awkward conversations. Did he just ask, why, why is the screen going red, Daddy? Why is <laughs> the man falling down? He, he, he's far too smart. He knows what death is, but just don't like him to be constantly reminded of death. He's worried about it enough as it is. You shouldn't be worried about him. Like, cause you just point to the thing and say, "Look, he's alive again." That's true. Toby's going to grow up, grow up thinking respawning happens. Well, that happened to me, Daddy. Yes, of course. Yes, absolutely, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Anything that makes you not have to spend any moment of your tiny childhood worrying about mortality. I said to him. I did say to him once. He he was asking about death and saying, "Daddy, am I going to die?" And I said, "Well." The thing is, Toby, some people think that you're part of the first generation that will that might be able to live forever. And then, you know, he was like two and a half. And then it was like a few a couple of months ago. He was a year older. He brought this up. He's like, I might be the first one to live forever, Daddy. So like, yeah, yeah, you might, you might. Let's go with yeah, let's go with yes. I mean, that's very that's very sweet. <laughs> I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know either. I mean, I've read articles arguing this this point, so I was like, oh, whatever. You don't need to be worrying about death at three. Now he's just going to be worried about you dying. And he is. He's terrified. His mum dying. He said, Daddy, will you still love me after you're dead? <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, God. I know. <laughs> Every day's a surprise treat. Oh, that's brutal. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, God. I said, I said, yeah, of course I will. This is bad to cry on podcast. <laughs> Quick, let's see what the listeners think about the subject. Wait, I'm not done with my dream. Oh, you're not done. Y'all. I'm so sorry. I apologize. You started off saying you hadn't got any. Well, the, the more I've been thinking about it, they're vague, but, you know, okay, so, right, but let's just run through them. Okay, you've got stuck on an island with a pirate game and uh, stuck on a space or, or stuck in a submarine. With a person who's not nice, game. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, oh, ARG without ARG. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're 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 parodying in your reductions, but sure. No, well, I mean, like, well, well you, what are mine then? What, what's my one? It was uh, you just wanted to play Skyrim on the with the difficulty off. <laughs> uh, and I had the one city block one as well. That's true. That's I think that's achieve that's achievable. I think your Skyrim one is like I want a company with the resources of Bethesda, but without the horrific decision making of Bethesda. 
But I think your 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 local ind- your local friendly neighborhood independent developer could do your city block game and give it enough time. Uh, the only other thing, if my game's not be- being about stuck in being stuck in a city and walking around alleyways, it's about going on like a journey and wandering places. Uh, so basically, my dream, my other dream game is a sailing game, which is basically it's very very similar to the Skyrim one. Yeah, it's it's Zelda Wind Waker, but without the combat. <laughs> <laughs> so just the boring bits of Zelda Wind Waker. Yeah, but with a more interesting kind of you know world and lifestyle and things to do. You can still do grappling hook puzzles and stuff like that. You know, fun things. You should uh, definitely play uh, Salt. I did play a bit of Salt, but it was very very early, so yes. there wasn't much in it. It's a lot. There's a lot more in it nowadays. I really do need to go back and, and have a proper look at it. But there's a lot more going on. The, sa- the sailors still look like crazy plate-faced <laughs> cartoons. But with that last idea, rhyme. Oh yes, was very close. Except there was no ceiling in it. There was no ceiling. I thought I was, it was given so to close, believe so I close was, to your ideal sailing game, but for I, one thing, I looked at all that blue water and those blue skies, and I believed that there would be some ceiling in that game, but oh. there wasn't. Lovely game, though. Absolutely gorgeous. And no combat. Can be mm-hmm. done. Can mm-hmm. be done, people. Can we... I know what's going to happen, though. Some dreadful head is going to be listening to going, oh, they just don't go on their games to be hard. They don't want combat. No. Uh, just to address that point, idiot listener. The, uh... <laughs> it's not... I'm not... The rest of them are fine. It's just this Stop one... Stop calling our listeners no, idiots. the rest of everyone else listening to this episode is really especially good. But this one guy, we need to talk about him. He's an idiot. And I just want to point out, we love violent combatty games. We've just got enough of those. We've already got plenty. We don't need to dream about having another one of those. So take that straw man, Michael. Yes, he's not even... He's... Uh, Michael. Um, cool, alright. Let, let, let us now see what the readers have been saying. Finally. <laughs> We got a lot, do you think? I think we do. I think there's a popular question because we're just asking people to reach into their self, their psyches. Um, yeah, we asked, what is your dream game? A dream game or a game that doesn't exist, but you want to be made. Uh, yeah, we do. We have a good amount of chat. Alice Ruppert would like a good horse game. She says, think Stardew Valley, but with training slash caring for horses instead of farming. And she said she wanted one so long, she started making one for herself. Hooray! Excellent. That's amazing. Um, I just thought, because of what she said, I've just remembered uh, another dream game that I have, which is like the City Block game, but it's basically Stardew Valley, but you're in a bookshop instead of a, a farm. So you're trying to like make your bookshop run, and you're set in like, a small urban place instead of the countryside. I want that game. Just bookshop simulator. Yeah, there is none. Do you know there's no game like that? What would you do beyond get book stocks and put them on the shelves? You would, you, but you know the way in Stardew Valley, you kind of go and you make friends with people and you like get to know everybody and stuff like that. And you give them gifts and things like that. It would be similar, but you would be trying to find like old rare copies of books or try and, you know, trade for them. Uh, people would have like first editions of interesting books and you would have to try and you know like coax it out of them by being their friend try and have to 
It's really manipulative, actually. Now that I really <laughs> upset by your perception of friendship. But but it would be well, like Stardew Valley's perception of friendship is awful. Like it's just like feed someone enough bread from a bin and they'll be your mate. Like well, um, that is that is true though. It is true. Um, so this 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 would be this would have like this that same flaw, but um, it, it would still you could still be like happy go lucky, you know, like a kind of wistful. Uh, friendship going on, you know. Would you be able to invite celebrity authors to give readings? Yeah, there, but you would, you would like, and you would like encourage everybody to come to the bookshop and have, be in like a book club or like start to write for themselves and stuff. And they would say, "Oh, oh, you know, Mister Bookshopkeeper, I've written a book. It's called such and such." And you'd be like, "Oh, well done, Joseph. I've <laughs> always believed in you." You're going to start publishing books as well. No, you see, I don't know, maybe like a hotshot publisher would come to town and he'd want to like try and oh. get it like, a, you know, sign a deal with these people. But, you know, it would be I would have very bad terms and everybody would be divided about it, you know, and there would be a bit of drama in the in the small neighborhood that you live in. It's a whole lot of a lot of good, good material here. I had no idea there was so much in bookshoppery. Yeah, it would be like black books. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, thanks, Alice. <laughs> you just triggered all that That's in me. That's great. <laughs> what else have people said? I might refuse to read out any that say building and management sims. For goodness sake, there's so many of them. You've got them already. Stop dreaming. Go buy them. No, I'm happy. I'm happy to have more of those. Well, I, my dream game is an RTS where you've got to fight some aliens on an alien planet, and then it's multiplayer too. It's <laughs> <laughs> my dream. Uh... Without the violence is, is something that's getting traction. Ian L says, Mirror's Edge without all the sci-fi or Assassin's Creed without the stabby violence. Mirror's Edge without guns. I mean, goodness me, didn't ever... I mean, that seems, that's almost uh, trite to say that. Mirror's Edge comes out and it's like, oh, this is fun, apart from the guns. And then Mirror's Edge 2, oh, they didn't care. If they really... This is a good point, actually, Ian continues. If they really must come back to murder in Assassin's Creed... Um, then make it that's about a nimble renaissance agent 47 rather than a guy who kills 50 guards on his way to the target. That would be great if Hitman was set in like the historical places <laughs> that Assassin's Creed is set in. That's an excellent idea. I'm up for that game. What about a game, what about a game where you've got to catch a Hitman? Is it set in Constantinople in the 1400s? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, I'm in. I'm in. See, now there's Simon answers your question. I started to think of a kind of persistent sci-fi MO, then I realised I was going to describe Star Citizen. So there you go. There you go. People still like it. Or people still want it. Yako G says, a first-person game with modern graphics that's set in a fully simmed environment like Dwarf Fortress. I don't even care what the game is. <laughs> um, I'll cut fish for a living if I have to. Yeah, if you want a simulation that's as deep as Dwarf Fortress, I don't know if you're going to get it. <laughs> Just give just give a developer 30 years to work on the game, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Petri of Internet says, a multiplayer RPG that plays like a single-player game where you couldn't tell the differences between the NPCs and real players. It limits your interactions in such a way that it enforces you to play a character instead of just doing whatever. That's interesting. Because I, I was going to say, the first thing is, like, real players always give themselves away by standing on the spot and spinning and jumping about like loons, but... If you were to limit it in some way that you were forced to... Almost like a Turing test game. Well, you see, what Pet, what, what, what he's describing is Westworld. 
Yeah, that's not. That's not. <laughs> but what about a Turing test game where you lose by being figured out by anyone figuring out that you're not an NPC? So you've got to try to live like an NPC, and if anyone realizes that you want to prove that you're not one, then you lose. Yeah, there are like games like um, the Assassin's Creed multiplayer is like that, except it always comes down to killing the other person when they prove they're not an NPC. Um, right. So yeah, so that, but I don't know how you would do it. Would it? You, could it be like you wouldn't do like a walky roundy thing because people would just start sprinting unless you and walking in weird ways. Unless you made the NPCs all walk in weird ways too. <laughs> you could have to program your NPCs to be mad. So like NPCs would suddenly like emote over and over again over dead bodies. <laughs> um, I think you would need to make either the NPCs really clever or limit so much of what the player would ha- would be able to do. Yeah. Um, for a game like that to work, but it's a good idea. Just another wrath you in a bind, says Myodis, survival game orientated toward a more nomadic playstyle. That's interesting. So, no, it's not my idea because it's nomadic. So, so you're not just building and crafting. You're just constantly on the move. Hmm. <laughs> That's how I play Minecraft. Well, like just kind of a nomadic. I'm an, an, an underground nomad in Minecraft. I just constantly dig tunnels underground. Really? Yeah, it's all I ever want to do. Every time I play Minecraft, I think, right, this time I'm going to explore and build an amazing house, and then I just end up digging infinite underground tunnels. What? I don't know why. I love it. No. There's a, there is a thing you do in Minecraft. You set, up, you, you set up your house and your home and your farm, and you surround it with fences, and then you go <laughs> off in different directions like a cat at night. Trying to f- <laughs> That's what I, every time, I swear I intend to do that, but I end up just digging. I think, well, I do need to find some, um, some bits and bobs, so I do, I do need to do some mining. So I'll just go down, and I just dig a, a staircase down, and then I find a cave, and then I'm like, oh, it's in the cave. And then there's, oh my goodness, there's so much diamond. Wow, I can't believe it. And then, I, and then I fall in lava and lose everything. I go, ah, and then don't play Minecraft for two, three months. I played an absolute blinder of a Minecraft game recently where I, we, my, my girlfriend and I set up a, a farm and we, we just did the exploring thing. But everywhere we went, we built these beacons. There were like three stone blocks with, some, with a load of torches on the top. And it was always so if you follow the beacons, you can always get home. Oh, I always do. Like my tunnels, my, when you get into the cave systems, I have this intricate torch on the ground arrows sort of uh, signaling system so i can always find my way back out there mm, signs and stuff yeah i love no, that no, i never bother with signs i just put torches down in shapes <laughs> my own code in many ways minecraft is my dream game so it's so, it's so good it's funny how it, how close it, it gets i remember saying i remember saying to um he who shall no longer be named that back in the early days when everything was lovely Saying how what this game needs is a survival mode that's really gentle about how much food and drink you need to have, and look what he did! I take <gasps> total credit for that. Uh, what else have people said? Let's see. Someone's just said Skit Four, and um, Andrea Armstrong says Skit Four, and I'm obliged to inform you that Ollie Ollie Two Welcome to Hollywood exists, and it is already Skit Four. So just buy and play that, you pleb. <laughs> that's a good turn. I'm sorry. I'm just really sick of the Skid 4 people. Just like, come on, play Ollie Ollie. Uh, he probably already has. I'm sorry I called you a player, Andrew. A naughty dog made Crash Bandicoot. What a terrible idea. Doctor, Wait, what? Who Doctor, said that? Dr. Bleep Post says a naughty dog made Crash Bandicoot. But 
<laughs> As in, just another one. I don't know. Crash Bandicoot is so bad. Ugh. What did you call him, Dr. Pip Post? I said Dr. Bleep Post. Oh, okay, because his name is not That actually. word is rude. <laughs> um, yeah, good, good shout out, man. I think a Naughty Dog Crash Bandicoot would just be the same tedium of running in a straight line with bad perspective so you constantly fall down holes, but every 30 seconds it stops for a, a, a slightly misogynistic cutscene. Right. Derbastsko says, An open world adventure game filled with filled with life and meant to explore where the main objective is not to put a bullet to people's heads. There you go. There you go. I saw that. Yeah. He's got my game. What about a GTA without the uh, horribleness? A GTA game that isn't made by show-offs. That's what I would like. See, GTA is interesting in itself, like just to walk around, but you can always just put passive mode on and walk around and just in GTA Online and just see the... like it, That already exists, you just don't yeah, need but to then play all you, but, the, but in doing so, you realise that it's a hollow experience because the game wasn't built to, yes. to, to do that inside. It's, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's hollow, but it is really shallow. Yeah, okay, that's a better word, yeah, shallow. It's just very nicely detailed, uh, but yeah, quite empty of interesting people. Alexis M. Forres says, A proper good role-playing game about dialogues first and foremost. And then in brackets, they say, It looks like Disco Elysium is going to be that. Oh, I hope so. I hope so too. It's ve- I've played an early build of it, and it's f- it's astonishingly good. Um, yeah, it's very funny and very dark. Yeah, so um, it's like the writing's on this level that makes me go, "Oh, I'm rubbish at writing, aren't I?" <laughs> it's one of those sorts of games. Um, it also switches tone very quickly. I I like it when things do that. Chris Bartlett says, I always thought an elite-style Star Wars game with Dark Forces-style out-of-ship stuff would be awesome. As a Dark Forces-liker, John, are you on board for that? No, because it's the boring space strategy. Space shopping. That's why I've long called it. I love space shopping. I have so no interest in space shopping. I keep thinking that one day someone's going to make... I love the idea of having, you know, these vast galaxies or universes to explore and ships to fly between them. But then... As soon as it's about shopping, I've just completely lost interest. <laughs> David Davies says, Hitman, but instead of murdering, you're humiliating world leaders in public. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing to do a Hitman, but instead of carefully structuring how you're going to perform your assassination, instead perfectly setting up this you know, the rake that knocks the bucket that tips the custard over the Prime Minister's <laughs> head right at the perfect point in the press conference. That would be amazing. Um, Tim Rouse says, I keep dreaming of surviving Mars, but more realistic and challenging. So we've got someone who actually wants games to be more difficult at last. With orbital delays, tiny payloads and terraforming. KSR's Red Mars the game. I mean, you say there are people who want the more difficult. There, There is a couple. Bascoro Nufurcon says, all Dark Souls franchise and Bloodborne combined into one game. <laughs> <laughs> that is all of games at the moment. That's actually happening. That's what the entire industry is just congealing into one Bloodborne Dark Souls game. Um, but here's a good one as well. Gavin Hart says, Jurassic Park, first person survival horror. And when I read this, I felt, oh, we'll just play Ark, you know, whatever. Just play Ark. Um, but no, that's not survival horror. 
That means that this game could be, you know the way Resident Evil 7 made Resident Evil first person? They just need to make Dino Crisis, but modern and first person. Okay, I'll have that done. That's easy. Come on, Capcom. What else? <laughs> Matthew Malik just says Red Dead Redemption, but Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. It's just a lot, a lot to unpack there for, for a six-word sentence. It's Stardew Valley, but Star Wars. Jurassic Park, but Red Dead Redemption, but yeah, Star Wars. But, but Star Wars. We've gotten a lot of yeah, such and such, but Hitman, but Jurassic yeah, Park, but Assassin's Creed, but yeah, there's a lot of good ideas. I'll link to this. Uh, if you're if you're a developer thread. and you're rattling around for your next idea, just have a look at the thread. I do wonder, so what I wonder here is whether, so what we're seeing is a lot of people saying that they want, um, I'm just realising as I keep looking at people wanting Star Wars games, but um, a lot of people wanting games which aren't about killing and aren't about being constantly threatened or whatever. Um, Is this representative of an untargeted audience or is this, as we were saying, just a result of the saturation of violent games that we've got that we enjoy and want to play but also we want some alternatives is it just a reaction against what sells really well so would it not sell i'm trying to look at is this a market or is this just the people who speak out at these times it's probably just people who speak out because i also get the feeling that a lot of us myself included are saying x and x and x and y but without the violence but then if we were given that game, there could be so much wrong with it that we just we would just be like, no, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> Throw it back. Um, yeah, true. And that that would be really demoralizing and it would be taken as a it would be taken as a as proof that nonviolent games aren't fun, people don't play them, rather than as proof of a nonviolent game with bad writing or a nonviolent game with a boring place isn't fun. A weird, it's a weird, a weird thing that, that Toby says is he often says, Daddy, why do there have to be baddies? And he's saying that at three, which is interesting. Like, he just wants to play a game which is just about jumping around and splashing in puddles because he's three. But it's, he's already asking that question now. Deep. Well, it's not deep. It's shallow. It really is shallow. <laughs> I'm not trying to claim my son's being profound. <laughs> I'm just trying to say that it seems so obvious. Like, it's a cru- baddies are a crutch. I challenge developers to to take that crutch away and see what they can make. Me too. That's what that's what Toby was saying. He said, "Daddy, I think violence in games is just a crutch." He said. <laughs> Before saying, "Why can't all the races of the world just get along, Dad?" <laughs> Toby, so ahead of his <laughs> ahead of his peer group, isn't he? In fact, what he actually said was. Daddy, I've got poo on my fingers. I was trying to poo- pull the poo out of my bottom. Oh, no, don't that's say a, things like that. That's an actual quote oh. from yesterday. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> I don't know whether to edit that out or leave it in, because it's awful. Or just open the episode with it. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's leave. That'll do. We've peaked. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening and joining in with our dream game discussion. You can email a topic to us if you've got your own idea uh, at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube at rockpapershot. We do all of the things there. John's also on Twitter. He is at botherer. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Brendy underscore C. We will be back next week with more chat and games. And I hope maybe by then some of our dream games will have been started. Who knows? I imagine some of them have been released. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much and uh, keep listening. Bye bye. Love you. Bye. Encyclopedia!